Hey there. Thanks for checking out this episode of H&M Live. Your support is always greatly appreciated as I'm always striving to provide content that enlightens, entertains, and educates. Look, I've just enabled supporter functionality on the podcast, so click the link in the show description and any support that you provide will be greatly appreciated. Be well. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Man, I'm live, brother man. Like I said, always blessed. Always blessed. Got ten toes down, ready to rock and roll. I heard that. You know what? Put that on a t shirt. I, I know someone who can probably do that too, but let me let me not uh, let me stay focused here, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We see the bishop is in the building. Appreciate you, sir. Appreciate you, the bishop for jumping in. Uh folks, we got a great show tonight. We always have a great show. Right. Me and my, yep. my man Martel always come to you Thursday night, six o'clock p.m. on the Pacific side. Uh, what is it? Nine on the on the East Coast where I guest is. Man, he, it's a little late. Yeah. So I don't know if he's yeah. drinking they, coffee they, or he's drinking the basketball. They got still, they still watching hoop on there. You know, the basketball true. games are still on. So they all good. They that's, okay. That's on the East Coast. That's yeah. true. Uh, we, we, we got some stories to break down. You know, we're going to talk about the social impact of sports. We're not just going to talk about the scores and the, and the standing. So let's go in. First of all, let's just go and get into it, man. Let's, what you got? You doing all right? Like you said, you, you know, new week, you feeling okay? Man, new, just like I said, blessed, man. Just ready to touch ground on some new things. You know, um, 
just discussing things that's going on in sports is definitely how it's socially impacting my community, your community, the youth, and so on and so on. Let's go, brother. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get started. Let's let's bring in our special guest because we got a lot of topics, and I want to make sure that we get his perspective as well and allow him to introduce himself. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello. Say what's going on. Andrew what is Nixon going on? Is in the yeah. building. Oh my hey. God. Let, let me get a screenshot. I didn't even get a chance to take a screenshot. I got, I got these champions oh, online here. <laughs> look look at him with his club pose, too. What is, <laughs> got, yeah, yeah, he got the stuff. He got scared everything. <laughs> club pose. He, he know how to hold it, too, right? Like, wait a minute, you, yeah, you still yeah, there? Right, right. Yeah, you got to hold it. I love it. Yeah. I love it's, it. It's not, it's not just holding it, too. You have to hold your breath. You know what I'm saying? You got to hold your breath. Just look, he, five see, seconds. see, he old school. He better run hold it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got to that definitely, brother. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Let me let me go ahead and get get focused and let folks know uh, why you are here. You're here for a number of reasons. First and foremost, um, as the co-proprietor, fifty percent, uh, the man behind the scenes, yes, of Press and So, the fantastic, uh, uh, you know, I don't say merchandise, uh, uh, swag. Um, Everything, right? Just, just collateral. Everything. Creator, everything. Promotional right? products. I mean, the, the whole nine. We, we got you covered. Okay. And, and I have been blessed and fortunate enough to partner with you and, and your wife. So we, we've got a, a site going with you. So appreciate that. Launch week went phenomenal. Uh, we got some things that are coming out in the next, uh, next couple of months as well. But thank you for that. But tonight we're we, we going to talk sports. And and somebody got me, man, you got me on, you got some speakers, you got some echo going on, brother. What's going on? You know what? I, I know, think I'm going to, um, I, I can put, put the my ears in. in. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I'm going to use the this machine and, and you messing up the <laughs> echo, man. <laughs> you know, I had it earlier. I was like, let me go ahead and you get know, a stand up really quick. I tell you what, while you put those on, I'm going to let folks yeah. watch these videos so they can understand who this man Sounds is good. and why we're bringing him online. So check this out, folks. My name is Andrew. I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. Now I live in Jacksonville. I play cymbals on a D-line. I'm a co-director for the Jacksonville Jaguars D-Line, and I've been on the line for 17 years. Actually, I've been drumming, um, I've been playing around with it for a long time. I don't know, I don't want to tell my age, but um, one of those music TV shows, my cousin actually had a drum set, one of those solid gold drum sets, so I was one of those kids that used to beat on the, uh, the lunchroom tables, and I used to always beat on stuff, but piano was really my instrument. But I really got into percussion uh, my 11th grade uh, year in high school. So my first year of, uh, of high school band, I actually did drum corps as well. Uh, the first drum corps I started with was Sunco Sound. Again, not telling my age. Sunco Sound out of Tampa. Um, and that same year, our corps folded and uh, we moved on to Spirit of Atlanta. So I marched several years there, did about five or six years with Spirit. And I actually uh, started teaching. Uh, the first drum corps I taught with was Teal Sound. Moved on to Kiwanis Cavaliers and so on and so forth. Tampa Bay Thunder. Um, went back to Spirit. I would absolutely say my favorite Jaguars player um, would be Fred Taylor. Um, not just only getting the opportunity to meet him personally, but um, he's always been a pretty stand-up guy. So my favorite part of the game is when we actually track. It's called tracking. We actually track around 
uh, the main concourse, and uh, that's the area where everyone's getting their food and their beverages. Um, and that's that's usually happening at the first quarter. At that point, um, we've done the national anthem. They've done the initial first kickoff, and we get up there, and it's at the beginning part of the game where it's kind of letting everyone know that the game is getting started officially. So that's kind of been our um, our, our our game day, uh, you know, official thing that we do every game to let everyone know that we're getting the game started. Favorite D-line memory is our first trip um, to London. Um, it has a lot of personal sentimental value to me. Well, I actually have family in in London, so this gave me the opportunity um, to meet my cousins. And um, and for years now, I've been able to see them every year. It's been kind of a traditional thing. So uh, when we found out that we were going to London, um, just that first trip, that anticipation of number one going to another country to represent our team. But um, the fact that I got to meet my cousins and um, they become, you know, he's become friends with the uh, with the D line, so he's a friend to everyone. But um, I, I, I just that first trip was uh, was amazing. What I like most about the D line is um, is us uh, us performing together. Um, I love how we I love connecting with the with the fan base with the crowd. Um, I like signaling out uh, fans and, and making them smile. And I just love our energy together. Um, the guys are great, man. It's like a brotherhood. I've um, been doing this for so long, for 17 years. Again, not telling my age, but 17 years um, with some guys have been riding with us from day one. Um, it, it's amazing. I just really love the brotherhood, the friendship that we've been able to develop. Man, I tell you what, the guys that have stayed in the D-line, man, hats off to you. Um, I can name a few. Um, Sione, T-Mac, Emil, um, Herc, uh, Bond Scott. Can't forget about Bond. Um, those guys have been with us from day one. I mean, we literally have grown up in this thing from day one, from like boys to men, literally. Um, you know, we've known each other um, pre-wives, pre-kids, pre-everything, pre-profession, you know, pre-professions and whatever we're doing in our own uh, personal life. And um, so... We're humbled. I mean, we, we've got to be doing something right uh, to have some to have some of these guys come back year after year. So we really appreciate, um, you know, that we've been able to make it this long and and make it this long with a lot of the same guys uh, that we started with. Bruh, look, told you you need to recognize who we got on the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this man right here, Ben. Go ahead and tell everybody how we won't make you tell how old you are. We won't do that to you. I am. I'm 42. Well, you still a baby. Look, I'm 42. Yeah, I, I got a whole decade. Listen, on you, right? I got one little grade coming in, you know, so it's kind of distinguished just a little bit. That's but yeah, right. look, I'm I'm the last dying breed of the 70s. That's what I always say. That's all 78. Right. So folks, oh, so so, man, so so tell folks a little bit about what we what we just watched, right? The D line, because I don't know if every team has something like that. I don't, I don't think the Niners have it, you know, out here in our area. I don't, I'm not sure if the Raiders have actually something like that. the the Niners do have. Um, they do have a drum line. They're not called the D line. Um, that's that's our name specifically. Okay, but um, we were one of the first. Um, and you know, we started in '04. Yeah, '04, I believe. Um, and a lot of teams uh, followed suit. Now every team doesn't have a drum line. Um, but a lot of teams have not caught on to it. So it is a select few. So it's pretty cool fraternity to be a part of because you can think and imagine there's only 32 teams in the NFL. And, um, out of the few teams that do have a, a drum line, um, 
were one of them and were one of the oldest. So, um, so it was great. So yeah, the, the Niners, they're actually called the Niner Noise. And, um, and we know those guys very well. So they're pretty cool. We've been with them to London a few times. Okay. So, um, yeah, so you guys have a drum line out there. All right. Well, you know, I got to go check them out. They probably won't compare to you, though. So you guys get a chance to to fly with, <laughs> with the teams with all those all those. Uh, yeah, we games. we actually have our own um, little association. Um, okay. You know, the pro, uh, professional um, music groups. Um, it actually encompasses some of the NBA as well. Um, the NBA they have a few percussion groups as well. So yeah, we try to you know it's, n- it's nothing official through the NFL, so to speak, just kind of something that we put together ourselves and um, it has some great leadership behind it. And it's just to kind of see, uh, you know, uh, what different clubs, different groups are doing and just kind of, you know, even through the whole COVID season, mm-hmm. um, you know, how did it affect each team? Uh, you know, some guys, they were shut down for the entire season. Uh, we were one of the few that were blessed to still um, be able to have a season. Now, what me, what me and my other director, what we had to do was we were only allowed to have eight guys um, at the game, you know, of course, practicing all of the, uh, you know, social distancing, um, you know, things that are in place. So, uh, so yeah, so we just kind of, kind of compare stories and, you know, talk each other through and, and just, you know, try to keep all the groups going. I love it, man. I love it. So, yeah. you, so you've been there, you said 17 years, how, how many folks you got online? Um, about 18, 18 guys total is what we marched. So what's, that, what's um, that's it, anywhere from six years. You know, it, what, oh, what does it take? What, so yeah, what's we the actually, right? so, <laughs> well, that's what you get on. That's what you get on. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I, see, I but, noticed but you use the word fraternity our, there, right? So I, I, I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. But, but basically, um, you know, we kind of do it almost like an American Idol style, right? So. You know, we have everyone kind of in one spot and um, we'll call them up one by one. There's literally a judge's table, myself, the other director, um, our upline in the front office. Uh, you know, we'll have probably three or four of us there and they'll come up one by one. And there's three main factors to get into the group mm-hmm. is um, you have to have a self-prepared piece. So that's anything that you, anything that you think you're really good at. Just play it. Um, then the next portion is um, sight reading, obviously, to be on the drum line. There's a lot of people that it's not going to be like the movie drumline where he was a talent. He was talented, but he couldn't read music. Make it plain, brother. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, It's not happening. It's not happening at all. No no Nick Cannons. But um, so you have to know how to read music. (laughs) (laughs) You you have to know how to read a little bit of music um, to to some degree, of course. But um, so sight reading music and we actually give them the music while they're in the holding area. So that's just to see. It's only like maybe four measures of music. And then um, it's a personal interview. So we take you through those three criteria, and um, by lunchtime we try to do the first cuts. And then by the end of the day, um, we actually some groups do it in two days. We like to do it in one. So it's pretty tough sometimes, but um, but everyone kind of weeds themselves out, of course. I love it, man. Mm. man that, that's too. I, cool, I like. Man. I like. Yeah, I like to applaud you, man, just because you're an entertainer and you're entertaining in front of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people and uh, to be able to be successful in that and, and, and hold your craft for 17 years, that speaks volumes. Yeah. And that also shows other people that there's other parts of this entertainment, especially with sports, than just the actual sport. Yeah. There's brothers like yourself out there entertaining, giving, giving, giving those segments to make sure that the crowd still is, is engaged with the game and yeah. engaged with what's going on. So, man, salute, definitely. I think people overlook that. You. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely, brother. I'm, I'm, Absolutely. I'm you know, for, for us, um, 
you know, so sometimes the fans, what they tell us is uh, one of the things they love about us the most is that they can actually see, feel, and touch us. You know what I'm saying? Like they're able to talk to mm-hmm. us. Um, mm-hmm. You see the players at times, and if you catch their eye, maybe they'll acknowledge you. And and that's that's no no discredit to them at all. And, you know, they have tons of people hollering at them, right? Um, mm-hmm. You have the cheerleaders that sometimes they're – you know, if you get a hold of them, catch up with them, you can. But with us, we're just, you know, we're regular dudes that just love to uh, make the fans happy. That's what our job is to, on game days, to enhance um, the game day experience. So, you know, that's that's what we do. We, we win or lose. Our job is to make everyone happy. So that's what we do. I love that. I love that. I, I love the fact, too, that you, that you know how to read music. So I, I, I grew up, you know, playing playing instruments as well, and, and there's just oh, a whole awesome. different concept of being able to know how to read music, right? So I See, I knew like, there was a reason why I liked you. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 I'm classically trained. I, I played a little, little bit of piano, a uh, little violin, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, a violin wow. player. So he, he trying to show off. Well, well, you know what? Look, I know, right? me, I'm telling you, brother. I, it's like, it's like, you know, I, I played I'm, the harp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I used to play. I used to play uh, the spoons on my leg, and I used to go ahead. The hand bone. You used to play the hand yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and blow a little harmonica. That toy harmonica. I got. Oh, there wow. we go. All right. See, oh, see, wow. see how, That's see how great. we get now. Now we clowning, right? We we get a lot of folks on the show, and now we clowning. But uh, oh man, let, let's let's get focused, play. Let's talk about first. Let's talk about football. Let's talk about the Jags first. You okay with the draft? How, how you feel? about what you what you got coming? You know what? This <laughs> I've seen a lot of drafts, obviously, over the last 17, going into now 18 years. Yeah. And um, I, I will say, honestly, <clears throat> something feels a little different about this one. Um, and we'll see. I mean, you know, it, it is always a, a roll of the dice, if you yeah. will, when you get these guys coming up from college into the NFL the game is much faster, um, especially at quarterback. Obviously, you know, the Jaguars, we – thank you, Jets. <laughs> we got the very first pick, and uh, and, uh, and we went with the first pick. You know, in years past, um, the Jaguars have always uh, made some deals um, and, and throttled down from the very number one first pick. And this time, they stuck to their guns, and they stuck with it, and they got the number one guy that was already projected, you know – Years ago, yeah. months yeah, ago, yeah, Lawrence is gonna be all right. He go, he gonna be yeah. all right, right? He's been prime so he's for solid. So I just think that you know, so. yeah, yeah, we've had decent guys here in the past, but you know, you have a good quarterback, you have to surround him with the right cast so that he can be successful. So I think that's what's going to be the difference maker. I tell you what, though, I'm excited about Trevor Lawrence, but I'm also excited about his teammate that he came from. Uh, from college with, and that's that the Travis back, guy. The running back, yeah, the running okay. back, running yeah. back. That dude is. I forgot his name. I can't pronounce the last name. A tune or something like that. A tune, yeah. Um, a, a, a teeny, a teen, or yeah, yeah. I don't want to mess it up either. Yeah, I can spell it. I like what Jacksonville did as far as that concern. My, my concern with Trevor Lawrence and their team as a whole is beefing up that offensive line. I think the defense is pretty solid yeah. as it is right now. Yes. They've, they've had a good defense for the last two years, but I do believe they need to beef up that offensive line. I think the best thing for Trevor Lawrence is to have a running game. That'll let him yeah. slowly progress in the, in the lead and help him get caught up with the speed and everything. Um, I hope the expectation ain't too much on him. I, I don't think they're, they're playoff bound yet. Jacksonville's not ready to be the playoffs, but I think they're ready to – they got the first building blocks to be something great again and get the right things. And I think that starts with Lawrence and Tune. And then, like I said, add some pieces to the offensive line. Um, me personally, Urban Meyer, I don't know what he's going to bring to the table. That's going to be, the, yeah. I think, the wild card. What yeah. kind of coach is he at the NFL level? 
I mean, colleges, colleges, like you said, the speed of the game, totally different. The, quarterback, oh, yeah. the speed of the game from a coach is completely different. And I know Urban Meyer surrounded himself with some guys, but he also just fired some, some scouts has been with Jacksonville for a long time. He just fired them. So obviously he wasn't happy with the talent they were bringing in or looking at. So Urban Meyer's changing the whole dynamic right. of that organization. It's going to be interesting to see how it all folds out. All right. Well, so now I had to switch the storylines here because now you brought up Urban Myers. See, you, you're keeping your brother on, on his toes. Go, go ahead, Andrew, man. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> no, what I was going to say, he even made a point to say, I heard him say this the other day. Um, he was saying that, you know, in the past, they've talked about it being a rebuilding year and, and rebuilding and rebuilding. And he gets that. But what he said, he said, now he has to give right now results. So I think um, I think that's another thing that's a little different than the other coaches that have come through. Um, they've said rebuild, and they've kind of stood and got stuck in that rebuild. Mm-hmm. But he's coming in saying rebuild, but he knows that he has to give right now results. So I think he understands the urgency. And, and as an owner at this point, Shad Khan is like, look, I've put all my money all into this money. stadium and this city. All this money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's crazy. So we'll uh, see what happens. You know, you, you, know, know. Though, you know, good thing though about that as well, though. That's 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 a dangerous slope. You know what I mean? To say I want to, I want to, you know, we're tired of building. We want to be get some results now, because well, as we know, you could push a quarterback too far as well. You know, you could push him to where he, it's 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 detrimental to his development. So I'm hoping I'm hoping Urban Meyer has to pay. You know, he's getting paid to have the plan. So I'm hoping he has the right plan. Um, yeah. But I'm just I'm, I'm 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 I hope he's cautious with the development of Trevor Lawrence and like you know it's almost like he's going to be thrown to the wolves in the beginning he's going to yeah. learn on the fly. Right now, there's two ways you, you can don't go. You need to pay. Yeah, right. yeah, you're going to either be paid man or you're going to be a Ryan Leaf. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh why, gosh, why, 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 why are you bringing up bad that? news? Why are you bringing up Ryan yeah, Leaf? Yeah, that, oh my god, you bringing that, up, I mean, bringing that's, up that's, to Marcus Russell? You bringing up bad news? Hey man, that's true. That's the honest truth. If you throw guys to the wolves because. Like he said, the defenses at the NFL are very dynamic. They're very different than college. Yeah. So someone that's had so much success in college and all of a sudden you don't have success in the pros, that's a mental fatigue on you. That's a mental right. wear down on you on how to be successful. So I- I'm hoping that Urban Meyer has kind of a um, some type of plan to make yeah. sure they bring yeah. him along slowly and developing him so when you know they can coach him when he gets to those those low points and pull him out of it and make sure he becomes successful. Because right now, I think Jacksonville has all the weapons, except their offensive line is a little spotty. Mm-hmm. If they can serve that yeah. offensive line, he's, he's going he's gonna to be, be fine. Because as long as they can run the ball, mm. it doesn't matter. Because well, it's going it's yeah. to be patient. He's, he's got somebody in mind. But let me let me go ahead and, and shout out to, to Dr. Jackson here, who, who's in the building. Appreciate you for coming, Dr. Jackson. said he was on a marching wildcat at BCC. I love All it. right, BCC. Yes, yes, sir. Yes. yes, sir. You got to put that up. Yeah, there. we've actually had them come into town. We've done some collabs with them. So, okay. um, BCC, yeah, they're, they're definitely friends of the uh, of the D line for sure. Awesome. So, all right, y'all, y'all, y'all talking about this Urban Meyer, and you know, like I said, he's doing some things. Well, he's trying to do some things. Your boy mm. Tim Tebow just won't lead the news. Your boy Tim Tebow <laughs> just can't sit still and go ahead and, and stand behind the desk and 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 talk the news or talk the strategy and do his analyst thing. He still want to go and he can still play. So let, let let me go ahead and set that precedence right now. He can still play. He's tried out. He's worked out with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Definitely not a quarterback. Definitely not a quarterback. But uh, probably at the position that he should have gone into many years ago, tight end. I agree. And 
Urban is, uh, you know, they, they got history. They won some championships back in the college days. So they they talking about getting close to signing some paperwork. What do you guys think about that? You want to go first, Andrew? Like you want me to go first? You chomping at the bit. You 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 like this, right? I'll you chomping at the bit. Yeah. Nah, I mean, to, to me, to me, like I said, I know for fault to Tim Tebow. I think he's a great a- athlete. He's a great. He's one of the greatest college players to ever play. But coming to the NFL after being four years off and coming to learn a new position where he's going to be forced to block and be forced to be able to go out there and get hit very differently than he was at quarterback, I think it's a disservice to some of the guys that have been practicing that craft and should also deserve an opportunity to get in. Now, my fault is not with Tim Tebow. My fault is with Urban Meyer because I think this is kind of the good old boy network. It's somebody he knows. It's somebody he's had a lot of success for, so I want to throw him a bone. I want to throw him a bone because I think he's still athletic. We can bring him in. He could do some things. But let's be perfectly honest. At this point in Tim Tebow's career, how could effective could he be as a tight end? He can't be very effective. There's no way. I don't. See, we haven't seen him catch. We haven't seen him block. We haven't seen him go hit a linebacker. Can't have seen him go and take on the safety, get hit. I don't know how effective he could be at the tight end position coming in um, to be able to take take a roster spot from somebody that's played that position has been successful. That's now, the point right there, right? That's the point right yeah. there, taking the roster spot. Yeah, yeah again, T. Tebow, he's got the skills, he's got the craft, he knows how to read a, a playbook, and he, you know, he's been to the top at least from the, from the college perspective. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but um, but again, that's yeah. the point right there that kind of kind of irks me a little bit. Yeah. Taking someone who's been yeah. in the grind for all these other years since Tebow's been out, and now you know Urban and and, yeah. and Tim have this relationship, so he's going to bring him in. Yeah, yeah. Now someone gets shunned that's probably been on the roster, somebody that's been working his butt off to try to get developed, and, or a guy that could be a free jacket coming is going to get shunned. Now, again, I don't agree with Tim Tebow being a tight end. I agree with Tim Tebow coming in as a quarterback if he was going to come into anything because he can mentor Trevor Lawrence and say, okay, I can, he's good wow. enough to be a backup quarterback. He's not good that's enough to good. be a starter. I think if he came in as a backup quarterback and say, you know what, I'm going to mentor him. I'm going to get this kid through the rough spots. I can show him how to handle the media. I can show him how to read defenses. The way that I learned how to read defense, even though I wasn't successful, doesn't mean because you're not a successful player in the NFL does not mean you're not a successful coach. I think Tim Tebow could be a great ear, a great voice in his ear and show him how to do things and also how to deal with success. Yeah, He would be a great mentor in that aspect. But for him to come in and take tight end, man, first he played quarterback. And now you're going to say, now you go play baseball. And now you're going to come in three or four years later. Now I'm going to go become a tight end. Hey, he's Bo Jackson. Been, he, he yeah, man, be Bo. He's big enough to be he's yeah, big as Bo is, yeah, right? Yeah, know? man. I mean, come on. I mean, just come on, man. I mean, that's not that's not that's not the reality of football life. That's it doesn't work right. that way. He, he's not Michael Jordan. He can't go take a couple of years off and come back and say, I'm gonna be Mike all over again. Yeah. You wasn't Mike in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't take four years off and then you go come in and be Mike. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So I mean know, go ahead, go ahead. You, I'm sorry. You know what Montel? I wonder. I wonder if we I wonder if we're not looking into this deep enough. Maybe maybe he's a decoy. Uh-oh. I don't know. Maybe it's just a thought, right? You know what I'm oh, saying? But that's maybe one, he's a or, decoy that's one or two plays. That's, that's yeah. one or two plays a game. I mean, do you really want to sacrifice Listen, a that's whole that that's game? one or two plays that we didn't get in the past. So you know, if it'll get us closer point. to that to that first down. Well, <laughs> but I think that's only true until defenses figure it out, right? You already right, know the NFL catch, the defense catches only up, works so, for okay, so long. That's true. He, he's a decoy for okay three games, and then all of a sudden, like when he comes in the game, they're going to do they this. They're going to do out, one of three right. things. Don't even worry about it. it yeah, yeah. So, do I really want to take up a roster spot, take up that kind of salary cap for a person that's only going to benefit me for three freaking plays? I don't think so. Right. That that's, no, that doesn't weigh the law of the average of an NFL roster. So, like yeah. I said, if they were going to bring him in as a quarterback, I'm all for it, man. Come in and mentor the dude. 
show him what he needs to do. I'm pretty sure, even though Tebow wasn't successful throwing the right angles and doing all that stuff, I know he's good enough to coach those guys and tell that guy, yeah. hey, this is how you need to look at right. defense. This is what you need to look at. I played against these guys before. I know that, that defensive coordinator. I know his scheme against us. This is what he's going to try to do. Yeah. He would be, I think, great in that in that role. Yeah, because he's a good first, athlete and he's yeah. got a good yes. head. Yeah, he's got a good head. Everything, good so, yeah. head for sure. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. now you can come in and bring him in. Now he can be your wildcat, wildcat quarterback, right? So now he can come in and play a, a position that he's familiar, do the right. wildcat plays a couple of times. He can throw good enough to get out of it, get under the situation on wildcat, but he could be that. Yeah. I think he could be that really strong mentor, please. I think Urban Meyer talking about bringing one as a roster spot to take on a tight end spot. Man, I just think. That's that good old boy network that I don't like to see in the NFL <laughs> yeah. because it takes it takes away from somebody else that that I think could be beneficial, more beneficial to the team, yeah. in my opinion. It's uh, it's an interesting time, and but hey, if, if anything for you, Andrew, your, your team is getting a lot of attention because you, you you're oh. stacking, right? You got number oh. one draft pick, and and you got old school Tebow. Uh, and you know, and Urban Myers, you know, he, he's going to come in with those college type of uh, mentalities, those college type plays, those those trick plays, and things of that nature. So, it, 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 he may come in as a decoy and, and still play another position. It, it may not just be tight end. We we don't know, but it's it, it's worth watching right. the stories. It, it's worth worth hearing about. What, it is. Well, it's going to sell tickets, right? It's going to. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. and this is this is a different type of attention that the Jaguars aren't used to. This is this is new. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is definitely you know they, they've they've had their times that have been kind of in and out of the spotlight, but um you know for not good, good, right. mediocre, so on. But but this is actually a feel good this time, um you know because obviously you know Trevor Lawrence. Look at look at his history, right? Yeah, um this mm-hmm. kid he's been a winner. His I think he's only lost maybe two games his entire collegiate career, right? So all, all yeah. he is is a winner. So they're gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. they're gonna he's watch him do. his entire season. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, grade, I think so. yeah, yeah. I think you guys. I think the the trajectory is going up. <laughs> Obviously, it's not going down or not staying. I think they got like a lot, they got all the pieces. I do believe Urban Meyer is gonna bring that mindset. My thing with Urban Meyer again with him, I, I just I differ because. He brings that Nick Saban thing, and Nick Saban was not successful True. in the pros. We got to remember, yeah. college is different. College is, I mean, college and pros is completely different. Pros, you're dealing with grown men. You can't tell grown men what to do. You can't, yeah. you can't exercise grown men like that. You, you, you coach them and get them ready to go. College, you can't. You have a little bit more wiggle room to be, yeah, you know, a little leverage, bit more, yeah. Yeah. yeah, a little more. And you're holding on to their scholarship. These guys are making millions and millions of dollars. You can cut me all you want. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still right. paid. So I believe. I don't know if his college ways are going to transcend into the pros. Maybe he's different now. I don't know. I'm going by what he did in college. Coming into the pros, I don't know if it's how how it's going to work out. Or how it's going to be different, man. I just I don't see it. Like and like I said, him firing guys from the from the from the scouting department that's been there for 17 years. That's a change, and I kind of get it because he wants to bring in his new, you his bring new regime. Own, yeah, but, you got to bring in your own crew, but yeah, you know, you know but you gotta, yeah, you got to watch for the shock value though because you can't change too fast. If you change too right. fast, some things things don't work out. Um, so I'm wondering. I'm really wondering well, how this is all going to work out. I mean, I think this is a big experiment. I think the Jacksonville owner took a big chance with Urban Meyer, um, and I hope it. I hope the experiment works. Um, but right now, it's to be uh, to be continued or to be announced. I'm not sure how it's going. I'm not sure how it's going to work out, man. And we'll bring you back yeah. in the middle of the season, 
right? When, when, when you're at least at 500, right? And, and, and we'll we'll, uh, we'll recap. I'll rewind. Actually, this listen. Why, why we gotta wait that long? Let's wait Uh-oh. till let's let's jump Uh-oh. on it right after preseason. Hey man, Ooh, that's what I'm talking about. Y'all, yeah, y'all, exactly. y'all, heard, that right. Right. y'all heard that yeah. right? First of all, let me get some shots out. We got Miss Keely in the room, and she was talking about she's a marching band fan or marching band person as well. So we we see you in the building. Okay, right on, uh, Miss Keely. Carol marching band nerds unite. That's awesome. This is a good point. Carol made the jump from USC to Seattle and has had some pretty decent success. That, that's a good point. About, and I, I love Pete Carroll. I, I do. Yep, I, yep. I think he is one of the but, 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 but to hold that on, to hold it, I, I hear what he says. Well, Pete Carroll was in the NFL first. He was in the NFL first. He went to USC uh, yeah, and came yeah, back yeah. to the NFL. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very hard for a college uh, coach to transcend right to the, go to the NFL because the dynamics are so different. When you come to the league, and that's why you have a lot of college coaches that try to come into it unsuccessful. They have a lot of unsuccessful because they try to bring that college mentality, and it does not work. Nick Saban is the argue, arguably the greatest college coach ever, right? Yeah. I mean, we can we can we can't argue that with a success. Yeah. He was horrible at Miami. Yeah. Horrible coach at Miami. Anyways. Anyways. So I mean, I mean, I mean, Pete Carroll. I, I, I mean, I, pre, I mean, shout out. I know you're trying to prove me wrong, but Pete Carroll was already in the league first, and he got that grooming from the league. Before he came back, and he brought actually the pros to USC, the pro mentality to the USC, mm-hmm. in order to make them successful and just took it on over to Seattle. All right, that is true. I did not think that one story about Urban Meyer was going to take all that amount of time, but I love it. I, I, I love the conversation. At, see, Andrew, you, you didn't know what you was walking into. But I told look, my tail don't. I did. This is great. We we yeah. we make sure you got your AC on, brother, because it gets hot up in here sometimes. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, let's let's go on to the next story. We're gonna stay in football for a little bit. Um, this guy is, is in the news as well. This this man, Aaron Rodgers, is it's not about money. I don't think right because this this last story here that, that came out um, earlier today, Green Bay actually offered him a substantial amount of coin, make him the highest playing paid quarterback in the league, but he, he's not necessarily feeling that. I, I really think Aaron wants to come back to Northern California, wants to come back to his roots, wants to come back and play for San Francisco where he was shunned when he was drafted and, and has you know never had the opportunity to, to, to be in San Francisco. And I think that's where he wants to end his career. Uh, this is a relevant story because of who it is and who we're talking about, right? What, what, what do you guys think about this, though, the fact that, again, we're, we're at this pivotal moment right before the season OTAs, and, you know, whatever the case may be, right? The teams are starting to, 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 to start gelling now that the draft is over. Green Bay Packers really are in flux right now with their franchise quarterback. Yeah, they they got a lot going on, and I think um, Aaron Aaron strategically planned to release that news right before the draft for them to trade him, um, or he did he didn't want to come back. I believe that Aaron also also understands that. I don't. I think he's just tired of Green Bay and the the lack of transparency in developing the team because he wants to win. Um, and the pieces that they're getting, he doesn't feel they can actually win the Super Bowl with or get to the get to the Super Bowl with. Um, money is not an issue. I, I totally agree with you. He's even. I've heard stories. He's prepared to sit out the whole year to just get released on out. So if he's prepared to do that, money obviously is not the criteria that he wants. But I do believe Aaron wants anywhere besides being in Green Bay. I yeah. think. That 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 trust or that or that that love between him and ownership or him and the front office has has been severed, and I think it's now it's at a point that's uh, not repairable. Um, I, I know they won't trade him to after June first because they don't want the they want to be able to get that they don't want that hit on the salary cap. 
um, because they won't be obligated to that money. So they're actually they're gonna if they're gonna entertain any trade, it's gonna be after June, which is great. Um, but I also believe that Aaron's not gonna get a chance to pick where he wants to go. Green Bay's gonna say, I'm gonna get the best bang for my dollar if we're gonna have to unload him, which is rightfully so. They have the rights to do that. Um, and I think Aaron will take anything rightfully so that comes his way just to get out of the get out of the get out get from underneath that program and mm-hmm. find greener pastures for himself. I'm hoping to start the. I'm mean, wishful thinking that it's going to be in California. I don't think he's going to end up in California. There's no way that I don't think San Francisco right now has enough to give them that they'll be interested in it. I think the Raiders may have some some enough pieces and be able to maneuver some money to be wow. able to get them. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers will want to play for Gruden. I don't think yeah. he wants to be under that Gruden microscope. So the Rams can't do it. The Rams can't do it, and the forty and the Chargers aren't going to do it either because Chargers got a new guy. The Rams just invested in Stratford. 49ers are not going to do it. You can't go to Seattle because Seattle got, got, got Russell. Uh, the Raiders is the most likely place he will land if he comes to the West. There or Denver. Um, and both of those guys will make interesting bids for him to try to get there. But, again, if I'm if I'm Green Bay, I'm breaking the bank. You're giving me everything. I want exactly. – I I, well, they tried it, but they thought they could repair the relationship. Now they can't repair the relationship. Yeah. I'm trying to break the bank. I want, <laughs> I want all your 2022 picks. <laughs> I don't want just one or two. I want everybody. I want all. I want the whole draft. I want. I want <laughs> money from the gate. I want money from concession. I want. I want right. everything. Right. Yeah. I, it, it may be one of those one-off type of deals, right, or something that's extraordinary, as opposed to again just the salary. It, it's because it's obviously not just that that he's looking for. He's maybe he yeah. feels that he's lost respect, or he's looking for something else. Maybe an opportunity to get into ownership, into management, into general management, whatever the case may be, after his, his career is over. So a clause like that, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting conversation because, again, when, when, when money is no longer the root of your why, what is it, right? Yeah. I think, I think, I think there were some, definitely some, probably some heartfelt conversations behind the scenes that we probably don't even know about. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, once you get to a point to where the players, I mean, once they start, you know, at the level that he's been, um, at the level that he's gotten to money is not, is no longer a concern. Yeah. Yeah. I think his, his heart is out of it. And I think Mm -hmm. the best thing to do at this point is just just let him go. You know, I've, I've never really believed in holding a player hostage um, especially if their heart is not in it. I don't think it's fair to the player. I don't think it's fair to the franchise or the teammates to have somebody there that's disgruntled or not not even happy to be there. It just doesn't make sense. So, um, but, but you're right. You know, Montel, you brought up an interesting point. With all those different scenarios over there on the West Coast, um, I don't really see any other place um, being even a possibility um, other than the Raiders. But then, you know, Rodgers and Gruden, I, I don't that's even see be- that. That's you know, the same sentence. Ain't gonna be. You know, you know I was listening to a, uh, another podcast earlier today, and they were talking about he could end up at the Texans. Check this out: the Texans would waive wow. Deshaun Watson. They would waive Deshaun right. Watson. They would give everything they could to give up to get Rogers there and tell Rogers, "Let's build there." That's just one story that I heard. I was like, "Wow, that's interesting." They would just they would cut. They would. That means there would be enough money under the salary cap to be able to sign him. Now the thing is, do they have enough to ent- something enticing to be able to give to Green Bay for them in order to ship him there? Because the thing is, is as much as is, is Aaron is disgruntled, he doesn't control this. He, he doesn't control this. Yeah, he doesn't have he the knows, right to control. After, after all the times he's been in the league, he knows it's a business, so he, he can. He yeah, can yeah. And the Jaguars doesn't want. Just for the record, yeah. the Jaguars don't want that. 
The Jaguars don't want that. We don't need them. We don't. We don't need them in the AFC. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Nixon from the D line is putting yeah. in the statement right yeah. now. Jacksonville yeah, does not want, want Aaron yeah. Rodgers. We don't so want. I'm, I like I'm just, Aaron. I'm, yeah, I'm just curious where who's going to offer him one. Like uh, you know, the guys of the guys on the, the sports network we all watch was talking about. You know, it's going to be take at least two number ones and some number twos to get him. I think it's going to cost more than that because he's a reigning MVP. Yeah. Rodgers got at least four good more years in him by far. He's got four. The way he played last year, he still got at least a good four four years in him. But and now that's, that's after his injury. Yeah, he's yeah, back. He, he's yeah, good, yeah, man. Yeah, he's good, man. Yeah. So now we got to say, okay, what teams have something to offer him? And I think that's a bigger question than him just being traded. What teams have something to offer him and what can they offer him? Me personally, if I'm if I'm a team that wants him, I'm a team, not your boys, Jackson Jaguars, but I believe uh, – Mr. Tool would be off shipping, and I'm trying to get Mr. Rogers in a Miami Dolphin uniform because they can offer him a lot. They can offer him a lot. You breaking news hey. here, brother. But I, 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 no. I, wow. well, but think about it. Think about it. Miami Dolphins has a great defense. They're playing in the AFC East where they got to be able to overcome Buffalo now, who's who's the guys, the, 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 the beast to do it. Mm-hmm. They offer the, the life of South Beach, no taxes. All that money can go there. And they got valuable pieces they can go ahead and offer them to be able to offload what they want for Aaron Rodgers. It make it makes a lot of sense for teams like that that are young, that has a lot of a lot of quality players they can trade for him in order to get him. Mm-hmm. Again, like I said, Aaron Aaron may have pushed the envelope, but he doesn't control the narrative where he's going to go. And if I'm Green Bay, I'm breaking the bank on everything I can get to get for the reigning MVP in order to make my team valuable in the division they're, they're in. So there we go. Um, there we go. That's Heated, it. Boy. I they, think they, they just need to listen to Montel. I uh, think you know Montel got to figure it out. Look, <laughs> I'm just saying. We, he already listen. getting props and shouts out. Look, I, I put this up here already, but, you know, they, they saying you just confessing oh, yeah. as hell, brother. You you the man with the problems. Oh, man, <laughs> I agree. Uh, uh, if anybody we, knows they talking about is Montel. Yeah, before we move on, I don't, I, I, I don't want to pass by this comment that uh, Kevin Cox put up here. Harbaugh got pushed out because he tried to grade out men like uh, college uh, treat grown men like college athletes. That's a good point. Um, too. No, I, I, I think I, he did. Harbaugh, no, no, I disagree with that one hundred percent. What Harbaugh? Harbaugh was very no. successful. What? Go talk. Go, 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 brother. Oh man. Harbaugh was very successful. <laughs> gave you the floor. Har- Harbaugh Harbaugh lost his job because of what I think the, the situation with Colin Kaepernick with him babying him. I think that the the, the tight end I forgot you guys had. Uh that went to um Vernon, Vernon, whatever. Vernon Davis. The situation Davis, Davis, the, the situation yeah. he had with him. I think he was unsuccessful in his draft. I don't think treating the players at all because he's a player's coach. He's developed. He developed Colin Kaepernick to be a great player. He developed Alex Smith to be serviceable to be traded, and he had success in the 49ers, and he built a great defense at that time. He didn't lose his job because he was going to be – he treated him more like college players. He lost his job because I think his time in 49ers had ran out. They weren't giving him the money yeah. to get the players he was going to get. He wasn't, able to, he wasn't able to sustain those professional guys to that level that he needed to hold them to for them to be successful. I don't think it has anything to treat them like college players. I think it had to be with, hey, you know what? My coach's style and the way I'm going is starting to play itself out. It's not working here anymore. It's not going. But also, in that same instance, you got to remember, Harbaugh lost, what, one, two, three, four offense coordinators, one, two, three defense coordinators in his tenure. How can you be successful when you lose that many people in this in your circle that's being successful in order to sustain success? Yeah. Ask so, the Jaguars. They know. 
Exactly. exactly. I mean, it's true. Listen, it's true. I, I think all the stars lined aligned just right for him to lose his job. Um, yep. I really do. Um, I, I think it was just it was just the perfect the perfect storm with, with everything that went on, and then also with Kaepernick and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it was just the perfect stars aligned. He was that that was the inevitable that had to happen. I, and Mr. Cox, I would agree with you if you said Singletary, not Harbaugh. If you'd have said Sing- Mike Singletary uh, when he was the coach, I agree with that one. Yeah, he, he said that. Uh, uh, he if says he, about um, the players got tired of the BS that he was doing. Yeah, I think when that was Singletary, yes, I agree with you. I think Harbaugh was a little bit of a different story, <laughs> man. I think that was just a little yeah. bit different. Uh, um, yeah, I, and that's my opinion. No. Stuff, yeah. And and you realize <laughs> I had to take myself on camera because you know that was a, I set you up, Montel, for that. And I'm I'm sitting behind <laughs> the scenes. I was just cracking up. I just wanted to get that that. That conversation going. So, look, no. you, you can't take me anywhere, brother. You can't take me anywhere. Brother Riley is in the <laughs> building, and he's asking a question before we move off of football. Let me, Riley, let me put that on, up buddy. there. What do you think about Tua? Uh, me, if he's asking me, Tua still needs some development to do. Um, I think, you know, I think Miami made a mistake by playing him too soon last year when, Fitz, when Fitzpatrick was hot. I thought he still yes. should have sat behind him and, and learned and learned. But Miami was such eager to get him into the wish, get him into the, get him into the fold. Um, I believe he'll be better this year, but also believe teams are going to come at him different. Remember, in a, NFL, man, it, it's just a different beast as far as the defense and the coordinators are so smart and understand so much that it's hard to have a lot of success, continued success. Two was a player that he's he, he's had, he's already had a major injury. Um, he's had somewhat success in Miami, pretty good. But, I mean, is it enough to get them over the hump? I think at best right now he's going to be a little bit better than the average quarterback, but I'm not quite sure where he's going to land. I think it's he's still a project to be developed, yeah. in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Oops. Yeah, you know, the, the Jaguars dealt with the same thing, not to keep bringing them up, but it's a good example that I can always bring with them because of the uh, lack of success that they've had in years, you know, years past. But um, that's what happened to Blaine Gabbert, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. He got thrown in way too early and um, he got thrown in way too early and also with a a not so good offensive line. And, you know, with quarterbacks, uh, they can become gun shy if they don't have an offensive line to protect them. Listen, the reason why Brady's good, don't get it twisted. And he showed that he's good. You know, because he didn't have the same offensive line he had back when he was at the Patriots, right? But mm-hmm. it shows if you don't have a good offensive line, it's going to mess you up. Yep. So, I mean, we we literally watch him from the sidelines. Blaine Gabbard would get a snap. He would snap the ball, and he would jump before, you know, you, you can't do that. You ha- Your poise has to be right. And um, and he well, got messed up as a result of it. So I do agree. You put a quarterback in too soon, too early with the wrong offensive line, you can mess up their psyche for the rest of their career. It's, it's literally that intense. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm 100% all the way with you, I believe. And, I, and I'll take it a step further. I think every quarterback in the NFL is good. That's why they're there. I believe right. if you give every quarterback time, they can be successful in the NFL. That's the key. You have to be able to give them time. And when you throw young quarterbacks into the fold without that time, you're right. Blaine Gabbers gets gunshot. RG3, he didn't get gunshot. He broke his leg. But after that, he's never been the same type of player. Yeah. Um, and I think the, guy, the one of the people mentioned Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith is probably the one exceptional guy to the system. But he's exceptional to the system because he got stability, stability in the 49ers in the late part of his career there. Before pre-Harbaugh, he had no stability. Bunch of offensive coordinators, 
different scheme, different coaches. When Harbaugh got there, he put stability because Harbaugh's the quarterback coach, so he taught him how to read. He started to have success. From that point on, he was able to take that same success. Let's take it to over to Kansas City. I understand how the game is to be played and it's a slowdown and how to be able to work with it. He was successful in Kansas City, and obviously he was able to – now you're mature, you understand, you've been in the game, you know it long enough. He was able to be successful in, in Washington as well. But every player is not going to have that timeline to develop. They just don't. They don't have that timeline like Alex Smith had to develop. Most quarterbacks, if you're not successful in that first four or five years, hey, you're designated to a backup, and if you're designated to a backup – you're pretty soon going to be suing yourself out the lead, or you're just going to be a, a journeyman that goes all over the league and plays backup. So I think a, a lot has to do with the offensive line. Stability has to be there. And let's be honest, you got to stick with the same coordinator or a coordinator that's similar so you can have the same terminology and the same play and the same scheme that's going on. Mm. Practice makes perfect. you got to keep, keep doing the same over and over again in order to be successful. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, so they don't have it. So I love it. Martel, before yeah. we move into – uh, our next Martell's topic, a beast. yeah, and see, and this is it why was, this is why I'm interjecting. Uh, I know this, and when we first did our our first show, folks are aware as well. But give folks the, the elevator pitch in terms of why you've got the extensive football knowledge, uh, and tell them tell them what you do, NBA sports, and, and things like that. Give give everyone uh, oh. a quick little shout out. Oh man, so yeah, I played Division two football, which is which is great. Love my experience there. Played it, but uh, I really got more into the other aspect of it. Definitely when I got in helping high school recruiting and I have a, a company called NBA Sports Recruiting that definitely educates people, educates high school kids, especially kids that are underprivileged, how to go through the recruiting process, how to deal with coaches, how to get themselves there to at least a collegiate level and then expand their game from there. Um, coaches wise, I, my, I, my background, my son is a collegiate coach. I coached at the high school level. I had opportunity to coach at the collegiate level. I didn't. So we have a pretty good background in the coaches and I kind of understand what's going on. But um Football's just been a mainstay in my life, so I always can do it. Uh, take on field hockey. I, I take on some field hockey. Hey, my son played lacrosse. Don't get it twisted. I know what's going on. I know field hockey's for girls, but my son played lacrosse, so the rules are pretty much similar. I got you. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Montel Allen's in the building. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Now, 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 you know, we, we got some subject matter experts in the room here. So, you know, I, I'm just here flipping switches, making sure everyone looks <laughs> decent on, on camera. You know, that, that, that's a what great job. <laughs> I love it. So let, let's go ahead and move in. And it, this is a, kind of a shorter story, but it's it's one that has relevance to me. It's from it's from a baseball perspective. And I did want to just touch on it, get your guys' opinion and just uh, your commentary on it. Be honest with you. Willie Mays turned 90 years old. Willie Mays still living. Oldest living Hall of Famer out there. Willie Mays is was, is, and always will be the man. Right, he and I, I love this title. Right, he was Steph, he was Michael, he was Simone, Mikhail Brishnikov, All of those roll into one from a charisma perspective, wow. from his ability, his skill set. Uh, say hey, right? I mean, just just Willie Bays and still being relevant and contributing to the sport. Um, from a coaching perspective, from a consulting perspective, right? Ninety years old, but he, he's still relevant in in the conversation because because he's still here with us. But talk to me, guys, about uh, your thoughts about about Brother Mays. Well, Legendary. first of all, I think Legendary. I think that's amazing yeah. that uh, that I mean, like just looking at some of those clips that you're showing there. I mean, he's seen it. He's seen it all from the. You know, he's seen the, the maturation of it, right? Um, even just to kind of see where we are now and, and some of the hurdles that's still there, underlying or not, 
he's been through it all and he still survived it. Um, you know, fighting to play a sport. Could you imagine that? You know, as easy as it is for our kids now to just sign them up and let them play freely, but fighting to play a sport and then also being great at it as well. Um, and to kind of maintain that status, even post playing, I think is absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, that, you know, he's just left a lot of room for people to kind of really aspire to that. So, um, I think it's great. I think it's awesome that he's still, that he's still alive and, um, I mean, look at that. That's crazy. Just look at that. Black and white. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that and that catch that he, he invent did. he the home run? I mean, look at that. You know, the catch that he made when he was out there and, you know, he he caught it overhead, right? He, he was looking mm-hmm. over his head and he, he caught it backwards. That is one of the most iconic plays ever, and I can, I can watch that forever. I, I can watch him you run You can't the teach anybody that. That's, no, no. That's natural. No. I, I think he is just legend, and mm-hmm. you know, li- living legend. I think that he was one of the intricate parts to transcend the sport, not only from an uh, athletic perspective, but also from a social conscious perspective, obviously. Yeah. Um, but just there's no there's no Barry Bonds, there's no uh, there's no Ricky Henderson, there's none of that without Willie Mays. Mm-hmm. None of those oh, guys right. are there. They don't even play like that. They don't play like that if there's no Willie Mays. You know, Hank Aaron and Willie Mays are the one two, one two punch. They show they showed us how to play, how to be great athletes in baseball, how to do those things. And the fact that Willie Mays is still alive and still, you know, breathing this air and still can can teach and, and, and share his knowledge of what's going on, man, is above amazing. Um, the that man, catch, like that I catch said, right there that was just on the screen. That was yeah, was yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, look at that. That changed. That's that wasn't that that wasn't done back then, and that changed the way athleticism was done in baseball. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I always compare him to Ken Griffey Jr. I was like Willie yeah. Mays and Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. had some similarities. Um, as far as their, their play on the field, not not you know not not social part, but just to play on the field. And Willie Mays was better than Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. So I can't, and I never got a chance to see Willie Mays play, but I mean, I can't imagine. I'm not King Griffith Jr. was like the the man, and then to say this man back in the day was way better, was better than him, yeah. at least from that standpoint, is amazing. So, man, just salute to that to that man for everything he's done, endured, shared, given us, earned. Just you know, that brother deserves all the roses in the world while he's still while he's still Definitely. six feet over, Definitely man. Better. So, hey, hey Montel, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you do you think um, what what do you think was was maybe some of the motivating factors to their greatness? I mean, do you think he was just good, or or do you think because he had much more to to um, to prove in those days, um, and mm-hmm. that was some of the contributing factors to him being as good? Do you know what I'm saying? Because they had to fight so yeah, much yeah, harder. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think uh, contribute. There's a couple of things. I think that the, that was a motivational factor. I have to be better than everyone else. I think uh, natural athleticism was different. You know, back then, you know, I'm sure in his childhood he was segregated. You only play with, you know, the other kids in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We did. We have our games that we play to be fun are actually different than, than you know, Caucasian, Caucasian kids played. So we're running around playing tag, doing different things, which, which actually athletically develops you more so. Um, and when you get to that level, it just starts to transcend to to his overall natural athleticism to be just a great player. Yeah. I, I believe his push to be great, his push to be better than his cohorts, his, his push to be you know the best player I can, gravitate him to be all those things that we can that they can be done. 
Um, and he was very successful at it. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine, man, back then, you know, I could play in the major leagues. And this is kind of the Indian era of the Negro leagues. Like, this is where right, you're supposed right. to be playing. You know, right. but I've got an opportunity to play over here. You know, I'm accepted over here. I'm, I'm ostracized over here. And the, just to fit in, I got to be great. I have to be greater than the greatest that's on the field <laughs> to be there in order just to keep, in order just to keep my place. Yeah. Not just to you know do it. I just got to be greater than the greatest just to keep my place. Wow. Just to stand yeah, on the team. Yeah, yeah, man. So wow. I can't imagine the pressure he had to it's deal major. with and, and the things he had to go with. But I, but to your point, I just think it was a combination of all those things that made him great. I think you know I'm sure there was other players that tried it and try to get the crossover to the major leagues at those times and weren't successful. They just couldn't do it. They didn't either have the fortitude or they didn't have the mental mind state. Or, you know what, it was just too much that they felt, I want to go a different route. I, I can't deal with this anymore. So I don't want to be he the was first one of the because there's so much, it's yeah. so much other uh, yeah. pressure and thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, man. I mean, we're, I mean, we're, in this, in this time, remember, we're still dealing with burning crosses. We're still dealing with, 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 with people outside your, your thing. Take it. We still have them calling us Negroes in the newspaper. Yep. You know, they're not calling, you know, they, they, they we deal with, he dealt with a lot yeah. more than I think people can even imagine. And to be able to overcome oh, yeah. it, to be, to be as great as it was, man. I mean, that right there is an testament in itself. Yeah. Um, outside of baseball, shine baseball, <laughs> we just talk about what he had to overcome just to be in the building. I mean, <laughs> yeah, just that, to walk in the door, right? Testament. You know, you know yeah, that's just, that's just amazing, man. Cause yeah. I can't, I can't imagine somebody calling me the N word. This is my teammate or somebody mm-hmm. on the team calling me the N word. We, you know, we, at that, at our time, we could fist the cuffs. We can yeah, do something about it, or yeah. we can defend ourselves. He could not. Yeah, he couldn't even defend that, himself. With, you know, and that takes more. That takes it, more strength. That takes more fortitude and more courage, honestly, to yes. withhold and do like the Lord says, turn the other cheek, or you know, whatever the case may be. But yeah. you know, that really, because he knew that he was setting the example for future generations, and yeah. everyone was watching him. And you know, if he had did act a fool, if he did take a swing at somebody with that bat. It would have just he'd end up locked up, and it would have set set us back decades more. So, and, and you know yeah. what's the crazy part about it? I feel he's rightfully so could have did any of those things that have been justified. Yeah, you know well, what I mean? Yeah, I, I, he's justified. I mean, yeah. somebody burn burn my thing or threaten my family in the yeah. stands or something like yeah. you're you you should be justified to defend yourself, but he could, man. And I just, I mean, I marvel, I marvel at men like him because. Yeah. I don't know how they dealt with it. I really don't, man. I don't know how they had that internal fortitude to be able to deal with those types of things because I just, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable it's to me. Crazy. Especially, it's crazy. yeah, it's just unbelievable to me. So that's, that. I hope I answered your question, Andre. I hope I did. Um, yeah, you did. You got it. That was, that was, yeah. no, it was great. Well, see, and we all I fathers. Said, I knew it was going to be loaded. That was the yeah. setup. So. Yeah, look at it. Look I at appreciate it. that. No, see, we, I said we all fathers. So, you know, we all have a, a very keen perspective as well and, and wanting to set the right example and want, want to have those types of conversations. So, uh, I, I love that. But I got to call you out there on, on this one, though, Montel, because you have been called on, on the curb here. Uh, okay. Field hockey is a men's sport worldwide. Ms. Ms. Oh, Keeley has I'll- spoken. Let it be written. Let it be done. Okay, I'm 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 wrong. I thought right. field hockey was lacrosse, and I thought field hockey was the girls' part. But maybe I'm I'm absolutely wrong. And if I'm wrong, please ap- I apologize. Well, then I know lacrosse. Then I don't know field. I don't feel hockey. I thought you mean I could swear field hockey is playing with girls, but I guess I'm just off. Man. <laughs> right, we gonna, we, go, we gonna have a show. We we going to buy yeah, Keely yeah. on, and she gonna talk about. Everything she can school that we me know. to the game. Yeah, she can definitely yeah. school you to the school game. School me to the game. <laughs> I'm all I'm all open to learn. Yes, I absolutely. It. I love it. We got we got David Blackman in the building. How you living, sir? What topics are we covering? Look, we we talking everything, brother. This is the social impact of sport. 
We 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 didn't gone all over the board. We talked a lot of football. We, we had Brother Nixon here talking and doing some drum line. He should have brought out some some cymbals or or something. I, I know everyone in the house is probably asleep, but you know uh, <laughs> we're gonna get the man in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> Sylvia so, so already in the background talking about man. You better be quiet. Don't be yelling in in the room. <laughs> But I tell you what, uh, so Brother Macklin, you came just in time because now we are actually going to talk about that social impact uh, comment. And, and we've got one that I, I do hope that folks will engage and, and, and interact with us. We're not necessarily that we're experts, but we are saying that we do want to have the dialogue. And, and this, this is one of the issues, I think, with society today. We don't have these con- awkward, awkward conversations about matters and issues that really resonate and, and help move society forward. So, um, geez, with that set up, man, I should play a little sound bite or something right now. <laughs> uh, this, this story really kind of, kind of moves me a, a weird way. And, and I don't understand the legislation behind it, to be honest with you. So trans women are being targeted in sports bands, uh, saying that there, there's actually a law on the that is prohibiting transgender athletes, and, and this is specifically talking about uh, the, at the high school level, uh, I believe, from, from participating in sports like, like track um, or w- basketball or whatever the case that they, they, they want to play after they've um, transformed, right? So, Monta, you brought this story to our attention. Talk to us a little bit about kind of the crux of it while I scroll down and I bring up the actual legislation that's being talked about. But I, I, I will say one thing for sure. I, I don't agree with the legislation, and I wish they would let these kids play, right, as opposed to limiting access, limiting capability. Uh, what was it called? The Fairness in Women's Sports Act, um, uh, which has been on the books, looks like since March of 2020, is, is the uh, legislation that's limiting these athletes from actually participating in the sports they choose. So, uh, yeah, talk to um, us, I brought, yeah, I brought to it to attention because this this is a, a very touchy subject. Let's mm-hmm. let's be perfectly honest. Um, and I, there's I, I I can empathize on both sides of the fences, but I, I'm 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 a guy that's in the middle because I'll, I'll be very transparent with everyone. I'm not quite sure where I land on this topic. I, I don't I don't know where I mean, mm-hmm. um, do I think it's fair competitive of competitive nature? There was someone that was, um, you know, used to be a male and now is a female now competing against other females um, there. I don't know if there's an advantage or disadvantage. I really can't tell you. I don't know. Uh, um, but in some cases, I do believe it just depends on the nature of the person. You know, I think there may be a, a disadvantage at that situation. Um, is that OK? Is it right? I, I do not know. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of the road of how everything I wish there was a place for them to able to compete in sports, but you know, and I'm going to be honest, I'm being a hypocrite on this situation. I'm going to be very hypocritical in this situation. If, if that person was competing and I was watching them, I'd say, okay, you know, it may be okay. If that person was competing against my daughter and you know, I thought they had a hundred fair advantage, I would be biased. That would be that's me as of right now because either I'm, I'm uneducated on the, not on it and I don't really understand it. Um, maybe from that standpoint, but I'm being very open, honest. I, I'm very hypocritical when it comes to that matter because I just don't. I'm not understanding where the fence. Where, where where do we draw the line with that? Because I think there is some unfair advantages to to 
to them being able to participate against in other women's sports. Um, so I guess I brought this topic up because I wanted to share it, share it, once share it, let's talk about it and, and kind of figure it out and let's get a better understanding about where, where do they land and how does they land on this? I know, um, one thing I read, it was like something about the testosterone. As long as they have the testosterone under for a year under a level, they can kind of compete with it. But I don't understand the science part about it. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't, I really don't, um, how that works or how it doesn't work. But I mean, I, I just don't know where you, I don't know where we would land on the fence with that. Yeah. Where is it okay? Where is it not okay? So yeah. let's, let's open it up to kind of to the floor. I want you guys' opinion as well, man, to kind of help me educate it. And I want yeah. to be able to understand what you guys think about it. You know, I, I always come with the, with the ad-libs at the end. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to defer to Brother Nixon right quick and, and, and see. Again, kind of, kind of hit you out of left field with this one, right, man? Because uh, we, 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 we want to get deep. We, we want to have this conversation. Again, not saying that we're experts. I'm, I'm liking the fact that, that Keeley brought up a Olympic Channel show. Yeah, so I'm going to take a look at that. Be honest with you, and maybe we'll we'll do a recap on this an, an, another week, just to really get an understanding in terms of. I, I, re, I really want to understand why the legislation um, is is uh, prohibiting the, these kids from participating in sports of their choice. But Andrew, I'll let you go ahead. Um. Well, you know, th- this is a very interesting um, topic. Um, I, I can tell you this, um, although uh, you know, marching music or percussion is not um well i mean i guess it's athletic to some degree but i mean we've even gone through some hurdles there right i mean usually when you think drum line it's usually a bunch of guys but i'll tell you what i know some of the uh, most amazing uh drummers that are females and um in in this activity over the last you know 15 to 20 years they've really come up so just looking at it from from that aspect i i, I almost feel like when it comes down to what type of um what type of sport, um, what type of contact sport. Um, I know I hear some of the science that they were talking about as far as um, if the testosterone levels are at a certain level. Maybe it's okay, but uh, Montel, I totally hear you, you know. Um, You know, if for my child going up against a, uh, you know, someone that's transgender, um, if there may be an unfair advantage because, you know, it, you know, she was a boy at one point, you know, I, I don't know. I just, you, you, you want to be fair all the way across the board. You want everyone to just do, do what they need to do and do what they want to do. But it's just, I guess respect has to go all the way around to what everyone's beliefs or feelings are on it. And it's like, where do you meet in the middle? It's just such a touchy subject. Where do you meet in the middle? How do you still yeah. allow um, time and space for, someone that may be transgender to to still, you know, do normal activities like like normal. You know what I mean? Just you know, it's I, I guess there's no I guess there's no right or wrong answer. Um but but you know now to have it in the courts and and to kind of have the courts mandate stuff and 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 really tighten up and structure stuff, it just gets real touchy, man. And um yeah. Yeah. it's I don't know. It's 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 a, it's unfortunate to not find the right kind of resolve that would make everyone happy. Yeah, my, my my challenge is and appreciate that, man. But you know, my my whole challenge is I think that these some of these decisions, a lot of these decisions, are being made in a vacuum. They're being made yeah. by only the folks that are in the uh, walls of of legislation, as opposed to 
really reaching out and talking to the individuals that are involved, talking to the families that are involved, talking to the yeah. teams, the sports, the athletes, everyone that's that's involved in the situation. Instead, you got 40 or 50 people sitting in, in a room with their stuffy suits on and they're making these types of decisions. That don't without, even play sports. Don't even play. <laughs> don't, don't know the, all the dynamics of it. Right. And, and don't really understand right. these types of decisions. So I, that's my challenge with this, and, and that's why I don't agree with, with what's going on. Again, how, how to be fair, how to understand, how, does this person have an advantage or not? I'm going to take the action item, and I'm going to watch this particular video series. But, again, I, you, know, you dropped this on us about about an hour ago, yeah. and, I, and I love it, yeah. and, right? So didn't get a chance to do a whole lot of research, but yeah. really wanted to take the time to bring it up and open it up for conversation. So, so, so I, yeah, I'd love to watch that special too. Thanks, Keely. Yeah, I want to take yeah, a look I, at that as well. I'm very, very interested in that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I definitely do too because I want to get a better understanding of this. But I got a hypothetical question for you guys. Just kind of how would you favor on this one? So, you know, MMA is very huge right now, right? And yeah. women, in MMA is even getting bigger and bigger. How would you feel about a transgender person that's going to fight a woman in MMA, a, a man that used to be, and now he's going to go in there and fight a woman because now he's under the he's, he's a transgender. Is that fair for him to be able to compete against that woman um, in that in that in that kind of scenario? Mm. See, th- those are the things I'm always asking myself. Oh, see, I don't, not, I don't even sure. like to watch. So I don't even like to watch MMA but, women fight. We about, I don't like to see. Talk, I don't like to see women. I just don't. But it, but it is a sport, though. It is. Something it, it, that it is. is. It's yeah. incredibly popular. Uh, yeah, I see what I you're saying, Montel. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. So where do we go from there? Now I understand track because it's not it's not physical like that. It's not a really physical. It's, it's, it's a test of you running or maybe swimming. Those things may be a little bit different, but something like that that is a physical sport. You know, a person that used to be a man is now transitioning himself to a woman. A woman where typically I'm not saying this. All, I'm not trying to be sexist, but I mean typically a man is a little bit bigger, stronger because his testosterone mm-hmm. runs in his body to be able to build muscle. I don't even even him regulating it after a year. Is that fair for that woman to have to fight a person that used to be a male in order to win? Because we don't know what the damage could be in that situation. Maybe she might even win. You know, the woman might win. We don't know. But I'm saying I don't even want to risk something like that. Exactly. In, in, I, in a sport. I, 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 I don't even want to do the – I don't even want the risk. I don't want the risk of – and I don't even want the idea of a, any kind of man, formerly a man or na- or used to be a, a man, current man or used to be a man beating man. on a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that anyway. So how do there's that's what I'm saying. There's another curveball in there that I man, I, and like I said, I brought this up because I do not have the answer. I don't know enough about the situation, but I know it's going to be a hot topic. And it's going to get it's only going to get more and more gaining ground because this is an issue. Yeah. This is an issue about being a competitive and all those things. So. Um, man, I, I just, those are the things I think about, man. I'm warped. I'm a little warped when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> No, hey, yeah, brother, again, the, the social impact I mean, of sports, the, the, so the that's issues, what this is all about. Yeah, and the issues even, um, you know, in the military as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, yes. I want to say that they just rolled some of it back. Um, they were uh, uh, either banning it at one point or uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, you know, don't quote me on it, but I know it was even, um, you know, some – some conversation there as a result to the military too, as well. So it's definitely a hot topic, especially in times now, um, you know, it's definitely more uh, uh, socially acceptable than it was years ago. Right. Let's just, you know, we're, we're just in a different place. So, um, and, and uh, not that it didn't exist back then, but it's just more common now. Right. You, you got your genders, you got, you have people that are very, um, you know, th- that are out there in the public eye, that now live that life. So it's just kind of made it more comfortable um, for everyone to just kind of live um, if, if, if that's where they are. So um, 
you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that all lands and, and what do we look like in the next. And I think in the next five years, is going to tell it's going to be really big. What do we look like mm-hmm. just in the next five years? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, where, where is that all going to land? So yeah. should be interesting. Yeah, that's, interesting. that's interesting. You brought up Jenner because he she's against mm-hmm. uh, transgenders competing against women. They, she's came. She's came out and said that she's against right. it. So and she was an athlete. Yeah, and that makes me even more confused, man. That makes me even more confused about the situation. Yeah. And uh, anybody that's listening, so I do not mean. I don't mean to offend anybody. I first of all, I don't need to be offended. Forgive me for my ignorance if I'm if I'm making the wrong comment or saying something wrong. I'm just I'm really want to gain knowledge on this though to, to get a better understanding. So we're we're going to hear about this specifically us, Montel, you and I in this state relatively mm-hmm. soon talking about Jenner. Because yeah. she has put her name in for the recall election against Governor mm-hmm. Gavin Newsom. So this is going to come up in terms of a conversation, right? Uh, yep. uh, her, her stance on these types of activities and types of this type of participation. So I think we will get a definitive answer from someone who has been literally, quite frankly, on both sides of, of this conversation mm-hmm. and is living in it, living through it. And we utilize her as uh, as an expert in in this in this uh, dialogue. Yep. That will spark more conversation. That'll spark more questions and again hopefully that'll spark more, con- more conversations as well, right? That, that yep. that's that's really all that we want to do. That's what we're trying to do. So folks, educate yourself. We're going to educate ourselves as well. Keely, we thank you for your your comments on on, on that. We thank you. I, I see Sister Hicks in the building. Appreciate you for joining. Uh, again, we, we we love having the engagement and the interaction with folks. Um, man, that's I, I don't normally drink on online. I, 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 hold on, hold one second, man. God, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's a that's a heavy subject, man. That's a heavy touchy, touchy uh, subject we got, but. But it's, it's it's good to, it's good to have those conversations. I think, yeah. like you said, the best way we can get over it and, and educate ourselves is is to talk about it. And you know, please call me out on my ignorances because I I need to learn just like everybody else um, in these yeah. kind of situations. So yeah. let's just keep bringing it I on. Think man. The conversation I, 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 was tasteful all the way around. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I I actually applaud you for. Yeah, I definitely applaud you, Montel, for uh, for even bringing it up. I mean, I would never. I've never ever had that conversation before, so that's a first for me. But now it's just making me even want to look into it and educate <laughs> myself even more. So that I mean, thanks. Yeah. That's why I appreciate that. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, well, let, let's end on this last one. I, I saved this, and I didn't even bring it up to you guys. And it, it might be easy. Uh, I, I saw this story. It may have been on ESPN today, but my, I'm curious to know what do you think is harder to accomplish and to win for a professional athlete? Is it winning a Super Bowl? Or is it winning an NBA championship? Ooh. Which mm. one do you Which think is, is more is difficult, is harder to accomplish? We're going we're gonna to start with you, mm. Andrew. Okay, he's thinking hard, too. I would, I, would, hard. I would say it's harder to accomplish um, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the, the, the length of the season. Um, the length of the season. I feel like in the in the NBA, you know, they have you have hundreds of games during the season, right? So you have tons of games in a season. Um, there's a lot of adjustments that can be made. Um, there's a lot of growth and adjustments that can be made um, to me. And once you get to the playoffs, it's just so different. Um, but now in the in the NFL, it's a much shorter season. 
um, the impact that happens. Now, I'm not going to take away from the NBA to say that um, they don't get as much injuries. Um, you know, some of their injuries are, are just as bad. But, um, you know, you look at the, uh, you know, h- how does the body stand up to all the blows that the NFL gets? I think it's definitely much harder to get to the Super Bowl. You only have so many teams and the way it's bracketed. So so I'll, I'll, I'll stay firm on that one. Okay, okay. Let Mattel talk to us. Wow, man, I, that's a good question. And I'm going to say man. football is, is a much harder to win the Super Bowl. And I, and I think one just – the cohesiveness you have to have in football is completely different than basketball. Um, cohesiveness, you got to have, make sure you have 11 guys on one side of the ball, all in sync to be successful in order to make a successful play. In basketball, one person can take over a game in order for your team to be successful. A la LeBron, a la Jordan, all, all, all the great superstars can be that one person they, they can carry their team over. There is not one person that can carry a Super Bowl, a team to a Super Bowl. We could talk about Tom Brady all he want, but Tom Brady can do nothing without that offensive line. That offensive line goes down. Tom Brady does not win. Um, the 49ers cannot win all the Super Bowl. And can't he can't win throw the ball to himself. Can't, can't throw the ball to himself. So, and we know he can't run. <laughs> yeah, so football is more of a team sport, and I think it's, that's why you have 31 teams that are unsuccessful getting there or unsuccessful yeah. winning because it's very hard to get everybody on the same page to keep doing everything and be very successful and, and get on board. Again, nothing to take away from basketball. But basketball, like I said, you can have that one dynamic player that can change the impact of the game by himself. Steph Curry's been doing it what for the last what forty games, right? Putting up forty just to change, just to keep them guys in the playoffs. There is nothing one person can do in the NFL that's going to do that. You can run for two thousand yards, but you can't do it without an offensive line. You could throw the ball for four thousand yards, but you can't do it without that receiver catching the ball. So it's much more difficult to get on the, get on that page in order to be successful and win it. But man, basketball, my caveat. Man, it's hard to win four out of seven <laughs> against anybody. Even when you play pickup games in the gym, it's like, damn, you gotta be the four. <laughs> you gotta do all this so, running. <laughs> so, so props to football, man. I, you know, I think it's very hard. I think, um, you know, but I, I think, I, I mean, props to basketball. I think it's very hard to do that. And it's, but I, like, like I said, one guy can change the dynamic. There, there's no such thing as one guy in football can change it. They get the credit, but there's no one such thing as that dynamic of one player being able to change the whole the whole thing because you have to be uh all in sync as one as as, as, as one in order to be successful. That's true. Yeah, a lot of move a lot of moving parts in the NFL for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, f- I feel the Absolutely. same way and I think uh Kevin Cox put the comment right that because you know the, the length of the career is so much shorter because the risk of injury is so much greater. Mm-hmm. Right. When you when you got 300 pound grown men coming at you and they can run fast and they can hit hard and they can control all of that weight and they end up landing on, on your leg or landing on your arm. That, that could be career limiting. That could, we've seen Theismann, we've seen Alex Smith. We've seen a lot of folks that have had major issues. We, we've got, uh, uh, CTE, right? We, we've got a lot of things with, with, with injuries from, from the football perspective, but I, I also, uh, think that it's much more difficult and, and no disrespect to any of the other sports baseball hockey or anything like that but i just brought these up just to have the conversation i i, I agree with the gentleman as well that there's a lot of time in basketball a lot of time 100 some games and, and then like like you say you you can you can bring different players in everyone's a a caliber even uh even your boy who, who was it shacked in the fool who, who was who was your boy that we always was was always laughing at um Jamarcus, not not Jamar. Um, uh, Javale McGee, Javale McGee, right? Because we was always making <laughs> Shaq was always making fun of your boy Javale. But you got a couple of rings, though. Yeah, he got some rings, man. But, but I mean, but, 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 
like you said, the dynamic of basketball is different because, like you said, Shaq can come in there and dominate the entire season and all the way through the playoffs to get you to a Super Bowl because he's so big and so dominant. Yeah. Michael Jordan can be so dominant as well, you know, that they can't stop him. I, I don't care what Brady's doing. He can't do nothing without the other pieces. You can't. Will can score. Will Chamberlain can score 100 points right in the game and be successful and they can win and be everything else. I don't care what you do in football unless you unless everybody else is on the same page doing something. It doesn't move. It, just does, it, it doesn't move. So that's, um, right. that's why I think it's more. That's why it's so much difficult. I believe yeah. that's why it's way more difficult. No, I, I, we're definitely in agreement on that, uh, folks. We're we're saying it as well. We, we see your brother JP. We see in your building. Appreciate you for for, for jumping on. Uh, love love the support, but um, maybe, maybe we'll talk about. Football versus since football kind of won tonight, we'll, we'll, we'll plot it against field hockey. We'll plot it against baseball. We'll plot it against Olympic soccer, swimming, soccer. Yeah, now yeah. look, now soccer is no joke, man. Soccer, yeah. yeah. rugby is no joke. That, that's hard. Rug- I, I, I've, I've always I, wanted to play rugby, but I, I won't. I've always wanted to play hockey, but I won't play a game or go even go to a game without understanding the rules first, right? Because I, I, I can't be out there cheering for somebody when I don't know really what's going on. I, I start yelling icing when I go to a hockey game, but I don't know what I'm talking about. I just I just see everybody else doing it. I'm drinking a beer and, and, and yelling offensive fouls or whatever. No. Hey, uh, and I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest with both of you guys. I think golf is probably one of the hardest sports that oh doesn't get a lot God. of credit. Yeah. It does not get enough yeah. credit for yeah. being the way it is. I think it's tremendously difficult to play 70-some-odd holes or 80, whatever how many holes they play, yeah. and try to be successful Walking and beat other people that do it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's oh, a mental I, and it's a, a physical game, game all at yeah. the same time, big time. Yeah, oh, that, yeah. that's something like that. And then, I mean, let's uh, who can drive 500 miles per hour around a track for three hours in a row without giving, without giving it up? That's very you physical. Know? You're right about it. Some of these fools on, on the highway right now think they can. And they, they... <laughs> yeah. but I'm, but I'm saying I think I think we don't give enough credit to some sports that are that are just as difficult. Because yeah. you know, I, if you ever try to drive a car, if you even try to drive a car like 120 miles, you start shaking and rattling and doing all those things. I can't imagine going around in a circle. You know, five <laughs> up for three hours driving 400 miles per hour and, and, and gotta avoid hitting anything. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah. I Golf think needs just, a way a bigger goal. Just saying, yeah, that's, that's true. funny. That's true. <laughs> so, so yeah, man. I think that'd be cool. Let's let's do the comparison of sports. I think that'd be kind of a our, right. our our sixty four, our you know our 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 uh, NCAA pool kind of like kind of idea. Compare sports to sports. That's true. Another, my mom said, "Yeah, you got you got to twist your body too much." Yeah, so she's not she's not a fan of golf. That's true. You can't be twisting all, all that time, right? I I love it. <laughs> and brother Andrew Nixon, man. Let me tell you something. I'm going to speak for myself, and then I'm going to let Montel say we, we appreciate you, brother. This, this has been amazing. You didn't know this what you, you didn't know I didn't what know you expect. I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate um, you guys having me on and um, and me just finding my place in this whole sports talk thing with you guys, man. It was great, and I, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing with the world, you know, uh, a, a little bit about me and what I do. And, and just this time, man, it, it really is an honor to be on here with you guys and you guys are great and i I've, and i got a new friend in montel man like that's my dude down here <laughs> so definitely, um, hey, definitely. we all so, family yeah. Definitely. Appreciate that. Yeah. yeah man definitely all family man andrew i man i appreciate you coming on man like i said um i applaud you for what you do like being entertaining in those games and, and, and giving that crowd what they need and then also like sharing your 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 perspective on things as well and being able to give us yeah. you know that different lens 
I, I always appreciate people giving us that different lens because I want to see how everybody's outcome or how they look at view lifting so we can all come to a common ground and they'll either agree or agree to disagree. Whichever one it is, you know, we can always talk about it and figure it out. So, man, I applaud you for coming on. Appreciate it. You know, I like that hat you're kicking. I'm going to have to get one Thanks, of those. Man. That's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm about to go ahead and grab one of them bad boys. Yes, but sir. otherwise, man, please, well, come. we need you to come back, man. Definitely come back and, you know. Any any time that it's it's not a yeah. listen, you 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 guys holler, let me know when, and I'm here. Appreciate you, brother. Anytime, gentlemen, y'all be good to yourself, folks that were watching, folks that are listening. We thank you for your support. Continue to give us your criticism, give us your feedback. We're just trying to do better. We're just trying to bring you some things that enlighten, entertain, and educate. That's what it's all about here. Team, no sleep. This is social impact of sports. We out, y'all. Take care.